The Pittsburgh Steelers have settled on their final 53-man roster. We'll break it down step-by-step, including some of the trades that they've made and some other moves that got us asking questions. All here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Jerry Dulac. We're going to be breaking things down. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers, Jerry Dulac, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers and all things Pittsburgh sports. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of the daily content as well as the Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast, which is sponsored by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Whether you're in town for a Steelers, Pirates, or a Pit game in the North Shore, there's one place to go, and that's Mike's Beer Bar right across the street from PNC Park. They have the best selection of beer in town. They have over 20 TVs, so you can catch all your sports action and keep up with everything around the world, as well as trying out any of their 500 different available beers at any time. 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those are local craft beers on tap available right away at Mike's Beer Bar. Get to Mike's Beer Bar today. More on them later. Jerry, you had a busy Tuesday, breaking things down, you know, staying on the phone lines, breaking, breaking the news that uh, Kendrick Green was traded for a six-round pick. I want to ask you about how the Steelers pulled that off because a lot of people were talking about how Kendrick Green, man, he's just he's probably going to get cut or this is going to happen to him or that's going to happen to him. And the Steelers find a way, yes, it's a 2025 six-round draft pick, but they get some compensation for a guy that they looked like they might be done with. You know, Chris, um, I was a little bit surprised they were able to get something for him. But I will tell you, even last night, uh, entering into this final day of cutdowns, um, you have to ask yourself who has some marketability. Kevin Dotson had some marketability, started 17 games last year. He has some tradeability. Um, there, and, you know, guys who have marketability, who they're willing to part with. And Kendrick Green was one of them. Now, did I think they would get something for him? I thought... Maybe, maybe a seventh round pick, but the Texans have some injuries and that's, that's how you make those deals. Who are you willing to part with? And uh, is, is somebody, uh, does that player have some marketability with other teams? And that's what happened with Kendrick Green. And so, you know, you look at the Dotson deal, which I thought was a home run for them. Uh, You know, Kevin Dotson would have been a nice, solid backup, a 17 game starter uh, last year, but he was going to be a backup. And, and if you could get a fourth-round pick for what was a fourth-round pick, you're doing okay. And then on top of it, instead of a sixth-round pick, you get a fifth-round pick uh, the following year. So I thought that was a really good deal for them. And, and getting a draft pick for Kendrick Green, someone they were more than likely ready to cut, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's, another, that's another win uh, for the Steelers. The only chance that Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green had to stick with this team you know, that experiment of using them in other places, that had fizzled. That, that wasn't going to happen. They never tried it in a preseason game. Um, but the fact that he could play a couple positions obviously helped. Steelers' number one objective for any of their backup linemen, of course, except for Broderick Jones, who won't be a backup very long, um, they all have to be uh, position flexible. And that was the one thing Kendrick Green had at least going in his favor, but not enough for him to make the roster. 
Yeah, I agree. You talk about position flexible. That's what they got Spencer Anderson back there, the seventh-round right. rookie, who, as you pointed out, was a camp surprise and earned his way onto this roster. What, is it, what does it say about the Steelers that they are this confident? You're talking about last, going into last season, Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson were competing for the starting left guard job. Both of them had been starters on the offense. What does it say about the confidence in this offensive line now that both of those guys were shipped off? Yeah, and it's not only the confidence they have in Isaac Ciamala, which you have seen in the preseason. It's the confidence they have in Nate Herbeck, who didn't play at all in the preseason, been mm. bothered by that shoulder injury. And, uh, you know, Andy Weidel, very familiar with him uh, from the days with the Eagles. And um, that's the confidence they had in him as a backup, as a position-flexible backup, uh, a guy who they had. Now, they know what he can do, but they didn't see anything he could do in a Steeler uniform. But yet, um, you know, they're fully confident that he's going to be a more than capable backup and a guy who was, a, a, you know, enough of a player that they they had no problems trading Kevin Dotson. Wanted to look at the, the the situation with the tight ends real quick before we go to our first break. But they keep three tight ends, which not a total shocker because there was, you know, everyone, everyone was talking about the light. You know, you got to keep Fryermuth, got to keep Washington. What do you do with Gentry and Hayward? They let go of Gentry they keep Hayward and of course they let go of Rodney Williams as well were you surprised that that Gentry wasn't on the final 53-man roster Jerry I I was Chris I had him on my on my final roster because I do not consider uh Connor Hayward a tight end uh you will not see him line up in in Zach Gentry spot in goal line or short yardage he's not that kind of player he is an H-back they'll line him all a whole bunch of different positions but not as an inline tight end but uh, you have to all that points up with letting him go is how much they intend to use Darnell Washington uh, and, you know, be, whether as a blocker and or a receiver. Um, and so Zach Gentry was going to pretty much drop to third team tight end. All that being said, I'm still surprised they cut him because, again, I don't consider Connor Hayward a tight end. And now you only have two instead of three. And for years, the Steelers have typically kept three tight ends. Now, as a fifth-year veteran, I'm not sure this rule, Chris. I don't know if he is vested enough that he doesn't have to clear waivers. Obviously, they could bring him back if they wanted Mm -hmm. to do that. Have I been told that they're planning to do that? No, I have not been told that. Uh, But, you know, he doesn't have to go through waivers, I don't believe. So he is a guy that if they had to bring him back, uh, they wouldn't have to worry about somebody else claiming him, I don't think. That's a good point there by you, Jerry, because – when I look at Gentry, like I, I, you think about, they traded away Dotson and Green, and maybe Dotson I get, but Kendrick Green literally didn't even suit up at all last year. Zach Gentry is an is a, a a number two tight end with experience. Teams can use that, so it was interesting to me that they didn't try to get or, or didn't get. Uh, draft compensation for Gentry like they did for the two linemen they got. And maybe it is what you're saying. Maybe it's that, hey, we got to do this for now, but Gentry might be brought back into the fold, and it's just one of those unspoken things that's, that's sitting out there. Chris, Zach Gentry was one of the guys who I thought maybe has some marketability, you know, possibly, you know, a big body tight end, uh, you know, played enough the last couple of years. Uh, a guy who I thought could have some uh, whatever – uh, a measure of value in a trade. Um, and maybe maybe that's why they didn't. Of course, maybe they didn't have any takers uh, either. But um, it is possible because he doesn't have to go through waivers that that could happen. Not saying it will, but it's certainly possible. 
We'll, we'll keep talking about the final 53-man roster here in the North Shore Drive podcast. He's Jerry Dulac. I'm Chris Carter. But first, I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar. And I'm telling you, you go to the North Shore, you got to go to Mike's Beer Bar. If you're in Pittsburgh, you got to go to Mike's Beer Bar. They have the best beer selection in town, 500 different available beers. Three of them are local beers, and 80 of them are local craft beers that you can get right out the tap at, at the bar. You can also get a flight to try out any of the options that you can dream of between those 500. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do, and I'm always there. And remember, they have 20 televisions that you can check out. If you're in for just a great day of college football like this upcoming weekend, you can go right there, sit and catch all the games right there on their 20 different TV screens. And they also have amazing food. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you choose how hot you want your steak cooked on a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh and tell them Chris sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Jerry Dulac, breaking down some Steelers talk here on the five fifty on the fifty three man roster. Here, uh, Jerry, I want to ask you about the defensive line real quick. I thought that Braden Fajoko would be a lock for this roster when they brought him onto the team. He was a run stuffer. He was big. He was physical. But he didn't get that guy. They opted for more diverse, you know, or versatile guys on the defensive line, which had me scratching my head. What was your read on how on their decision to keep the seven defensive linemen that they did? Well, to me, Chris, one of the guy, the guy who they were four guys for three spots, and the person to me who was going to lose out was an interior lineman and nose tackle type, because you otherwise you'd have three of them among your seven defensive linemen, and that mm-hmm. is Keanu Benton, Montrevious Adams. And, and Brian Fajoko. I like Fajoko. I think they like them too. But they weren't going to keep three of those types of players out of their seven. And so I wasn't surprised uh, that one of those one of those guys, and it certainly wasn't going to be Keanu Benton, that one of those uh, nose tackle types was released. And, and my guess all along is, uh, you know, based on the fact that Montrevious Adams has been with this team for basically a year and a quarter, um, that uh, and seeing no slip in what they want to use him for, I thought. And and again, at, at, you know, when I look back at the game in Atlanta the other night, Chris, I'm not sure that Fajoko played any uh, uh, consecutive snaps until the fourth quarter, and that told me then that he was probably going to be the uh, the odd man out. I, I hear you on that. It, it, it's just it, to me, I was just like, wow. Just thinking, if if you had told me that back in April, uh, when when we were looking at this team uh, coming out of the draft, and you know, in May and the OTAs and everything, I would have been shocked to hear that. Um, and Chris, we didn't. Uh, Chris, we no, didn't that. get to see that dance. That's all. <laughs> That's I wanted right. To see we were from. supposed to see the Hogan dance. dance. That's so, that kind of makes me more mad why we don't get this right, guy to exactly. stick around. That, that is crazy. I want to talk to you about the, the, the outside linebacker situation. Or no, excuse me, not the outside, the inside linebacker situation. We were pretty sure about the outside linebacker, but they keep they keep four, and Mark and Mark Robinson continues to be the fourth guy. We knew that they cut Tanner Muse earlier in the week. Him and Nick Kwiatkowski, they cut him uh, Kwiatkowski on Tuesday. What, do you, what does it say about this group and the special teams unit that they let go two guys that were brought in to be special teams inside linebacker types yeah and it it what tells me two things that they like some of the guys they must uh, that they have or they must like some of the guys they have on special teams but they were never going to keep more than four and Mm -hmm. i think those four were probably etched in stone certainly the three they brought in in free agency and then mark robinson they really like mark robinson he is is as explosive 
a linebacker that they have. He just has to learn the defense a little bit more, has to be a little bit uh, better in coverage. But in terms of seeking the ball and getting the ball and hitting the ball, a carrier, he's very good at that. So those four, to me, were a lock, and I really didn't think they would keep five. And I don't want to say I didn't think Tanner Muse was a possibility. You know, he certainly played nicely in camp, but I never thought that he was going to be one of the four. I hear you, I hear you on that. Um, let's let's go to the to the secondary real quick. They keep uh, they keep the obvious corners. You know, Peterson, Wallace, Porter. They decide to keep Pierre because they need another outside option. Shannon Sullivan, their fifth cornerback, but they also keep Elijah Riley in, as as more of a safety option there, along with four other safeties. They let go of Trey Norwood and Kenny Robinson, but they were able to keep, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick, Keanu Neal, and Demonte KZ. But they also keep Miles Killebrew uh, along with that. So you get five safeties, five corners. What is your outlook on how this secondary is built, especially the depth parts for all the different things they want to do in the secondary? Well, a couple of things, uh, you know, Miles Killebrew and Miles Boykin, the two Miles are pretty much locks on the team because they're, mm. they might be their two best special teams players, certainly in coverage. And that's why Miles Boykin makes the team. And that's why Miles Killebrew makes a team. I mean, it, it's a given. So then you're going after that, you're going through, uh, you know, you're counting down to four safeties. And, and of course, you have Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Keanu Neal was brought in to be a starter. And Demonte Casey is a free safety who can run, but is tough enough to play strong safety. I know he's a little undersized, but they played him a little bit there last year in some packages and they're not afraid to use them. So, uh, you know, and, and Elijah Riley makes the team over Trey Norwood for two reasons. One, because he will be rotated. He can go play in that slot. He can go be the nickelback. Uh, but also Trey Norwood missed a lot of time uh, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Now they know he's a pretty solid player. His biggest problem though, he's not really um, you know, he's not much of a free safety because he just lacks speed. That's why he right. dropped in the draft uh, the year he came out. Uh, and you see it. You see it in some of the coverages. He has a hard time uh, co- uh, catching up once maybe he makes a mistake and uh, covering up, uh, you know, covering his tracks. Um, but Elijah Riley gives him that option of being that uh, that nickel corner. And um, that was the reason uh, why they kept him. Now, a corner, you'd mentioned corner. Uh, Chris, that's the one position. They're not done there. Um, if they see somebody they like on the mm. waiver wire, they're going to go sign them. And that's and I don't want to get ahead of uh, what we want to talk about, but that's part of the reason we'll talk about this in a minute, why they did what they did at punter. Um, but if you want to, if, if there is a position they are looking to add uh, in the next day or two, it is cornerback because, James, as you mentioned, James Pierre is the only option they have on the outside. They don't want Patrick Peterson playing, you know, in man coverage on, on the edge. So um, if they think there's somebody out there who fits that uh, that bill better than what they have behind uh, the two regulars, which is going to be James Porter, uh, James, uh, Joey Porter, of course, and uh, Levi Wallace, then they're going to go out and sign that corner. And then when they do, if they do, that's when they will release Braden Mann, the punter. That's interesting. So you you don't think that Braden Mann's being kept for a trade possibility? You think he's just they're ho- he's a holding place right now until they make that move? I don't think they have any intention of getting rid of Presley Harvin. If you look at who uh, you know who handled the uh, the punts early on with the first team, it's Presley Harvin. And if you just saw him in camp, uh, you know those are things I watch, and I watch them because uh, because of being a golfer. I watch to see that one, the, 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 the sound, the thump, I can tell who's punting and kicking 
just by the sound. The other thing too, when with a punter, you want to see who can turn that ball over and get the nose pointing down. Braden Mann can't do that like uh, like Presley Harvin can. And so he gets the altitude and then he's able to turn the ball over because his leg is just so much stronger. And Braden Mann, I know, has some NFL experience, not saying he's not very good. But when you look at the competition and you start evaluating training camp and what you saw in the preseason, uh, they don't have any intention. Uh, if they would trade Presley Harvin, I would be shocked. I don't think they have any intention of doing it. Let me tell you, Jerry, that is the first time I've ever ever heard anyone in the, in the on the Steelers beat breakdown punter analysis there because I don't know anybody that can explain the, the the physics of it. Even me, I'm just like, ah, hey, you know, he punts well, he does it. There you go. That's 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 all I can say. So that's very yeah, I got, interesting stuff there. So, so I got that going for me, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely. He's Jerry Dulack of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find him at post-gazette.com along with our other writers. We're not done, though. We've got a couple other things that we'll talk uh, as Jerry moves on. He's a busy man. we got to let him go. But we'll be right back after this break here. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also brought to you by Savinas Kane and Galushi, Melodesothelioma uh, and Asbestos Lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and Galushi. And brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports music comedy and theater events near you just download the app today right to your phone with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee that can't be beat you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have wherever event you're going to again the game time app which you can download right to your phone get you exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games basketball games baseball games concerts comedy theater events anything you could think of game time gets you into and their best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, your host here, switching to Brian Batko, another one of our great Steelers beat writers here with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette post-gazette.com for all that content uh brian we just got off with jerry we were talking about the the 53-man roster but i want to focus on with you about the tone that this new front office continues to set in its early years of being together of course omar omar khan andy weidel leading the way here and i brought this up with jerry but they traded away both guys on the interior offensive line who were vying for a starting spot against each other last year and Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson uh Dotson moving up a fifth to a, a fourth and a sixth to a fifth and then of course Kendrick Green getting a sixth round pick for 2025 there um and you look at these moves and to me this seems unique to what the Steelers front office has done at least in recent years uh as it had operated under Kevin Colbert whereas like if the Steelers had two guys who knew who they knew were kind of like reliable guys on the offensive line, you know, as ba- even as backups, they might hold on to them a little bit longer and, you know, and keep and keep them around just in case injuries happen and, and knowing that they have those guys there instead, they get minor draft compensation, but still draft compensation and getting, getting, uh, getting stuff for these guys while believing in the, ba- the other backups that they have on this roster do you think this signals a new trend that the Steelers front office may be taking with the with their leadership, or is this something that we have seen before, or it isn't that too far out of their wheelhouse of what they've shown? 
I, th- I think it could be twofold. I, I mean, I think number one, well, let's just preface it all by saying it, it could be very much the same as what the previous uh, GM would have done. For all we know, Kevin Colbert would have tried to make these exact same moves, would have picked up these same calls and, and pulled the trigger on these same trades. But, you know, it, it, we don't know that. And I'll just say from the outside, what we've seen thus far from the Omar Khan approach has been, I think, maybe a little bit more calculated, maybe a little bit more analytical. Just when you talk about, you know, the the, the trade of Kevin Dotson was fairly creative in, in how he was able to extract some value from the Rams there. I mean, no actual whole uh, draft asset coming back, but you improve your draft capital a little bit by moving up in, in those two rounds. And then the, the green trade, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily surprised that another team would want him at this point because, you know, he does have some physical attributes that made him a third rounder a couple of years ago. I'm more just surprised that any team was going to be willing to trade for him. Now, I haven't looked this up in the last six or seven hours, but I'm going to go ahead and assume, guess, that the way that they've been running their organization, Texans probably have a lot of picks. They probably have a lot of picks coming up next year, the year after. They already have a lot of young players on their team that they've cycled in there. So a sixth rounder to Houston and their franchise, not as valuable necessarily to a team like the Steelers, but... Do you still credit uh, Khan for for seeking them out maybe as a suitor and, you know, pressing all the right buttons there? And then the other point that I'll make on this front, Chris, is, yeah, maybe this will foreshadow Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, and their front office being a little less stubborn when it comes to retaining draft picks who either didn't pan out in the case of Kendrick Green or sort of plateaued in, in the case of Kevin Dotson and – you know, again, Kevin Colbert has moved on from players in the past uh, who, who didn't do much. But this seems like, uh, you know, they, they were really willing to cut their losses on kind of as you acknowledge players, at least in Dotson's case, who have been starters. And in Green's case, you know, only two seasons you get out of him as a third rounder. Colbert always says if you're a third rounder, you're expected to be, become a starter uh, at some point in your career. And you know, Green's career was kind of backwards in that way. But, yeah, now they're uh, – you know, they're done with that experiment, and they can they can use that they can put that twenty twenty five draft pick to good use. Uh, right, I mean, we've seen what they've done with like you know with day three guys. I mean, look at Spencer Anderson, a seventh round pick that they spent on a guy who was a versatile offensive lineman for Maryland, and now he's on the roster in place of you know of, of these guys, and he'll have upside as a guy that they can work on. They, they don't he, there's no pressure on him to start, and if at worst that he's just a flexible backup for the next four years. That was a win of that, that. That'd be a win of a pick. So I, I think that you're right to say that you know this is that they're setting themselves up with just future. You know, it, it may look small, but these type of things add up, and they even they can possibly even add up to other future moves down down the line here. Um, and I, I think one thing to look at too here is that now that they've they've done this, what are the moves that you're looking at could be on the horizon for the Steelers? Because the 53-man roster that gets released, you know, now that the, the final cuts have been made, I put quotations around final, they, this, will, this roster might will definitely change before day one of the NFL season even begins. It's just the nature of how these things work. What's the next move that you think the Steelers might make, whether it be a trade or finding maybe a guy that got cut from another team? Yeah, you're, you're right. The the term final cuts is certainly a misnomer. I think the best way to put it is probably initial 53 
man roster. And it's in this case, I'd say it's very initial because we know they aren't taking two punters into the season, let alone for another 24 to 48 hours, probably. Maybe by the time you hear this podcast, the Steelers have uh, you know traded Braden Mann. I hesitate to think they could get anything for a guy who was uh, a waiver claim by the Steelers this offseason. More likely, uh, they'll probably make a claim on somebody else. I think they have the 16th or 17th priority around the league. Uh, we know that Omar Khan has not been shy about doing that since he's become the GM. So I think when you see that move take place at, uh, I believe you can, you know, you got to do that by noon tomorrow, or I should say noon today when you're hearing this. So that's probably when one of the punters, most likely Braden Mann will be gone. And other than that move, Chris, I think keeping with the O-line as of now, I believe Dylan Cook, you know, who signed a futures contract in the off season, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Bucks, converted ju- junior college quarterback. Very interesting backstory with him. A lot of raw athleticism in that 6'5 frame. No guarantee he's actually going to stick around here. Uh, he could be a placeholder if they don't swing a trade or claim an offensive lineman who they think might be able to help them a little bit more. The other spot, the other guy who I would put on notice, so to speak, is James Pierre at outside corner. You know, he's a little bit old for his draft class to begin with came out in 2020 stuck around as a special teams demon and I still think he can be pretty good in that phase of the game but with the Steelers and the depth chart where they're at some of the moving pieces you might want somebody who's a little bit more capable of stepping in as a as an outside corner if if need be and I don't know that Pierre has been great in that role this summer so that's that's one other area where i'd say ah they could they could look to upgrade here in late august early september and, and there's certainly guys out there on the market that could be interesting to look at uh darius rush a cornerback that could play on the outside in the slot draft visitor uh, for the steelers but, as well it, it good great memory that's why, you, that's why i was bringing bringing him back up there um Desmond King, another guy that has years of NFL experience who was let go by a team. The, the thing is, is that this is now a chance to look around and say, hey, you know, who's, whose tires should we kick just to see uh, how they're doing? Because at this point, again, you're just claiming guys that were let go. You're not losing anything for bringing them in. Um, and you know, Bradley think, Roby was one, I think, cut yes. the points. But, you know, a guy like him and, and King, I think – for what the Steelers could use in, in that position group, you probably want somebody younger ascending a potentially rising player with more of a ceiling than someone who's on the downside. You have Patrick Peterson, you have Levi Wallace Very true. in that role. So that's that's just my take on that. And that's, that's why I let off with Darius Rush, because he's a guy that... But somebody had, like him, though, what happened with Darius Rush? That he that's got a great question. Cut already, you know, uh, you know. Obviously, if you're a rookie... Uh, with some promise, uh, and you don't make the 53 for, who is it, the Colts? Uh, yeah. Something didn't go too well for you in camp in the preseason. Yeah, which makes me, uh, that, that is a question there. But again, a guy with size and speed, you know, just throw, just throw him in there. And if he stinks, he stinks. Oh, well, you, 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 you spent, you spent, un, you spent picks or you spent, uh, you know, money on uh, bringing a guy in for a short term thing. It's probably, it's probably going to co- cost you very little. So I think that's where the Steelers could get creative to see how things go. The but, proverbial one man's trash is another man's treasure. I will exactly. remind people, Elijah Riley was a waiver claim last mm-hmm. year. It wasn't uh, It wasn't a cut-down day claim. It was uh, like mid-August, I think, right after they broke camp. But just goes to show that sometimes the Steelers, uh, you know, they, they scoop up guys like that. And while Riley didn't make the team last year, stuck around all season on the practice squad, and now he's on the 53 and – 
might play a uh, significant role, whether defensively, special teams, or both. Absolutely. There's a lot of potentials here. We'll see what happens here over the next couple of days. Brian will be back with me on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast as we continue getting you ready for the first weekend of college football, but the final weekend without NFL football for several months. Can't wait for for all this to get going. Brian, thanks so much for joining me here on the final segment of the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks to Jerry Dulac for joining me for the other two. And thank you all for tuning into the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. Uh, We're we're all from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all our written content. You can find all of our audio and video content on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Just search North Shore Drive podcast or search Post-Gazette Sports and you'll find our channel which has daily content, but especially our Monday, Wednesday, Friday show of the North Shore Drive podcast. And shout out again to Mike's Beer Bar for being the big sponsor behind it all. Thanks again to everybody tuning in. We'll be back Friday with more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description. 